Hi, and welcome to episode 15 of the Great Arms of Europe podcast. My name is Andre, and with me as always, my co-host aside. What's up, man? Hey, man. And on today's episode, we have a guest with us. It is most recently of the Leipzig King, King's wide receiver and return specialist, Alpha Jello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. So I really didn't know that on the like roster, you were posted as a receiver. I thought you were a DB. Yeah, I mean, I kind of am everything. I like, I like to think that I can be multi-talented on the field. I prefer to play a position where the ball is in my hands. So that's uh, my go-to. So receiver sounds better for me than defensive back. So just tell us where football started for you. Like at what age did you start and where? I was about nine years old uh, in America. Uh, my older there first, and I just joined kind of late. You know, I was eight years old by the turn on, and that's when I started playing football. And the city that I was in was Landover, Maryland. Oh, so right next to the NFL field they have there. Yeah. Literally, like you can see the NFL stadium if you high enough on the hills over there. It, over there. It's a FedEx field of the now Washington Commanders, right? Exactly. I'm surprised you know that. I'm surprised you know because most people think it's in D.C. because we're so close to D.C., but it's actually right in Landover. I, I've played too much Madden to not know it. it. You always see it come up on the screen if you play a game at Washington. It's Landover, Maryland, FedEx field. <laughs> Man. I need to play Madden. You know more information than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so what position did you start as? Uh, initially going into the game plan was, you know, me. No, I uh, mean like when you were nine. Oh, I actually, the first position I played was running back. Then I couldn't remember the host, <laughs> uh, <laughs> running host. So they end up putting me at tight end. Then I end up playing defensive end. Defensive end was like my was like my good position because I think to be honest, anybody who starts playing football and you decently athletic or you're not afraid to make contact, just put them at defensive end. You know, uh, I know it's a little bit harder now because a lot of teams running like the zone read. But as a kid growing up, just put them at defensive end. It's easy. Just either you just tackle the quarterback or running back or whoever's coming yeah. away. Yeah, it's like r r r rush off that edge and go hit somebody. It's pr pretty simple as a principle. Yeah. Were you a heavy kid? That's why, or no, you were no more size. I mean, the crazy thing is, like you guys grew up in Europe, so follow the the style that you see, what you see, what you see. But you have like some of the most athletic kids as a as a kid during my time growing up, playing like center or guard, like some of our fastest players were playing on the O-line because we had just so many kids trying to play the sport and we didn't have enough big bodies trying to play the sport. But now the rules have changed for youth football where they allow the big guys to play because you had to weigh a certain limit as well at, during my uh, time of playing football. If you didn't- Oh, right. I, I've actually heard of this because I have a, a cousin in the US who's a very big guy. So he, he wasn't allowed to, play like peewee football or anything over there because he was too big exactly. yeah exactly, he couldn't exactly. he couldn't play tackle football until high school exactly so that kind of like hinder it now but now it's, it's it's changed where you can be big and if you're the same age you can play but if you were my age you had to weigh a certain if you like when you were nine years old you had to weigh a certain amount in order to play on that team so you have fast guys playing on the old line so everybody was the same weight I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's more uh, safe, I can think. Yeah, I mean, for sure it's safe, but, you know, it's just kind of hard for, like, the big guys who want to play football. And some of them, because they were so big and young, they had to play with the older guys. And some of them a bit timid to play up because, well, he's 15, but I weigh more than that guy. But he's bigger than me, stronger than me, or have more muscles than me. So it kind of hurt those kids. And not yeah. with that age group. It, that creates a pretty weird situation, I think. For sure. 
So after Pee Wee football, mm -hmm. which high school did you attend? Or Yeah, I went to two different high schools in like the Landover area uh, called Parkdale. Well, actually, in Riverdale was the name of the city. Then I ended up transferring to a private school in, um, outside the capital of Maryland. It's called Annapolis Area Christian School. And that's where I finished, you know, my high school career and had some success in, in a couple sports. And then you, and then you played for uh, Liberty Football. How did the recruiting process go and how did you end up at Liberty? Yeah, so if I may add in, you know, the first university I went to after high school was uh, Stevenson. It was actually a, a Division three school. And to answer your question about the recruiting process, I, I had a pretty good amount of offers. If I was to do this all over again, uh, it's hard to say that would I change it? But, like, my mindset now, I would have done it different, but I'm thankful for what I went through. So to get back to it, my, my grades – were pretty decent, but um, in America, you have to do either two tests, one called SAT or ACT. Yeah. And you have to balance, you have to get like the average of your SAT and ACT equal to your cumulative GPA. And my SAT was really, really bad. So I couldn't accept my scholarship because you have to get approved through something called clearinghouse through the NCAA. So I was like, man, I just want to play football. I didn't want to go to junior college, anything like that. It was kind of hard process. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just play football right away, go to the D3 school. If I don't like it there, I can always transfer and go to one of the schools that gave me a scholarship. Uh, Liberty was on the edge about offering me, but I didn't have the scholarship in the matter of high school. And I was able to earn that scholarship after I tried out when I got there. Yeah. Is Liberty Division Three? No, no. Liberty Liberty's Division One. Oh. They they were in they were an FCS school when you were there, right? But they moved up up to FBS now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was leaving, we were uh, making a transition period to uh, FBS football. Yeah. Wait, were you the DB who intercepted Trubisky, the former oh. Bears quarterback? Yes, yes, I got so. <laughs> I took I, I caught his first interception and that was my first interception in 2014. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. actually. Wasn't he a first round pick or something big? Yeah. Oh yeah, he he was the second overall pick in the 2017 draft, I think. Yeah, I made it clear, you know, as soon as he got drafted, because I knew he was gonna get drafted, I had a video <laughs> too. So I posted it. <laughs> Hey guys, look at that! I picked off the number two overall pick. <laughs> exactly. exactly, draft me. <laughs> but, uh, did you play there for three years? Exactly, I was there at Liberty for uh, three and a half semesters. Three and a half, yeah, three years. Three years. How was your experience playing college? Whew. I mean, it was some up and downs, but you know, I loved it. You know. That's why it's hard to say what I do it all over again. I'm glad the lessons and the experience that I had when I was there. Uh, if I would go back, you know, I would do some things differently. Um, but it was it was a great time there. It was fun. Uh, my teammates, you know, we were like family for the most part. And it's something that you can't ever experience again. You know, I wish I can go back and redo some of the wrongs and and take back some of the experience to make it a better opportunity for me. But, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, it's an amazing university. It's a Christian university as well. So, like, you get some great people pouring into your life, teaching you some good things, but also um, you get to live life for yourself and experience life for yourself. So it's worth all the hard work. Oh, for sure. You know, the training aspect, I didn't even touch on that. You know, we had some... Well, recently, my strength and conditioning coach, when I was there, they have a new one at the moment. He just – he had the, the the strongest bench press. And a few weeks ago, he just did it again. And he's over, I think, 60 years old. And he broke that record and did something else. So, like, we had some phenomenal, important people at the university. If a kid mm -hmm. decided to go play in the ALF instead of going college, 
would would have he developed the same way? I mean, it's a it's a few it's a few things, you know. It's like it's the I think it's about the mindset, you know. Say I'm some European kid and I'm pretty good, but I'm not like super great. So a lot of the, the European players that I see, they lack a little bit of confidence, and or not afraid to ask for a proper helping hand. Or if they do ask for a helping hand, say like I saw Cal Kitchens, I'm like, hey, Cal, can you help me out? Like work on this technique. Cal Kitchens will love. If you don't know who he is, he's the new. He was the defense. He was the defensive player of the year. If you ask him for help, he will gladly help you out and push you to where you need to. But some kind of want the help, but they don't want to be pushed. And they can actually get phenomenal, phenomenally better by being around some good players. But uh, I think just the difference that you miss is just uh, as a European player versus being in America is that you're around all these different type of guys who's challenging you for your position. And and they're completely uh, – I mean, they're just very talented, you know. So it's like you battling that as well as, as being an athlete and doing school. While you can be over here in Europe, go to the ELF, don't have any school, you probably got a little bit of assignments that you can do and just get better by learning from some other players. And the ELF has a, a lot of good talent. So you're competing as well, but the competition is, of course, better in America for – you know, Division One, Division Two, versus uh, being in Europe. Yeah, I mean, the difference is huge as well. It's a real football is a real national sport in the U.S. So yes. everyone wants to play football. So just generally, the depth of teams is just so much greater at every level. For sure. How how bad would you think Alabama would beat the Galaxy? Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't think they will have a fair chance, you know. Uh, even if it was like Alabama's, you know, backup, these guys are like five star, have super, oh, yeah. super bowls and things like that. You know, I do think that you know some players can probably you know do something. It's not like it's gonna be all like I couldn't even move the ball at all, you know. Because so you got to remember sometimes that. The, the old linemen, you know, in the Europe, some of these guys are grown men, you know, very strong, just as well as those old linemen over there. Uh, I just think the, the game just separates just the D-line in America, especially for Alabama. They like crazy freak athletes and the speed of the skill players. Uh, match European players who don't see that type of speed every single day. Yeah, I, I could see a few people on the European team winning a few individual matchups, but the rest of it would be just be Alabama rolling. Yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, there's a case if you, like, build up that European all-star team or take the best athletes from Europe, even some that's in the NFL, you know, I think uh, it, it can be, you know, a good matchup against some teams, you know I mean? Maybe not so much the SEC teams, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the difference, you know, Alabama and those teams like that, they're training all year round together, you know what I mean? Uh and so that would make a difference. If you just say, like, oh, like, let's just take the freshman class of Alabama, just the freshman class, like a European league team. All right. I mean, it gets like the ELF. Okay, that might be a different story. I think there's a fair chance that the ELF All-Star or Frankfurt Galaxy can probably beat just that freshman class, you know. But these guys training from all year round and a little bit of breaks. So after college, how you ended up in Colsta of all places? Ah, Costa, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I liked it there, honestly. You know, you know, I know you guys over there in Sweden as well. You know, I love Sweden. Sweden is one of my favorite countries. But, you know, during the process, 2017, that's the year I declared for the NFL draft. And, you know, I was hoping that I would get drafted. And it wasn't looking so well. Me and my agents uh, parted ways. And I was like, man, you know what? Man, football can really almost be done for me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, you know, Tracy, Tracy Gary, he reached out to me, called me on some weird, weird telephone number. I was like, hey. <laughs> and the voice message on, on my phone, think about this, you know, and I, like, uh, months ago, months ago uh, maybe four or five months ago, and I was like, you know what, this might be an opportunity for, for me to get some film and come back, you know, and... When I got there, I kind of fell in love with football over there. And I knew that it's like, man, I didn't know that they had even football in Sweden. I thought it was only in Germany 
and maybe Australia. That was it. Never heard of any other countries in Europe. Yeah, that that sounds like a bit of a like a common misconception that people have never heard about football anywhere in Europe outside of maybe Germany. Yeah, I know when I was at Stevenson, that was the first university I went to. Uh, I heard about some rumors of like some quarterbacks getting kicked out. You know, they make bad decisions. Like, oh, let me just go play in Europe. And the only place I know of is Germany. And I know a lot of Americans because we have the military um, base to Germany. So I really heard of. And I heard later in Australia. Do you mean Austria or Austra Australia? Australia. Yeah, I, mean, I heard about Australia because I heard about the – It was a league when I in 2015 when I was a junior. One of my friends named Darius Lewis, he told me that he was thinking about going down there because they had some little gridiron league that was supposed to happen, and some ex NFL players signed to go there, but it went down. So, and I looked up. I think it was called AFL or something like that, Australian Football League. So it wasn't even Austria. I'm, I'm getting it, I'm getting it correct. It wasn't Austria. Ah. It was Australia. Yeah. It looked like you were enjoying yourself in Colsta because you were kicking ass. Oh, yeah. Uh, your first <laughs> finals against Urubru, you were the Rolling Stones. You, you picked off two, you had two picks, I think one receiving touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, that was a fun year, you know, because I was able to play international competition and Air Blue Black Knights. They were undefeated, and they were pretty competitive. They had Sebastian Gautier, his brother, and uh, a few other talented players. And um, um, the other twin brothers, not not twin, they may not be twins, uh, the Murphy brothers, they were pretty good. So they had a pretty good team. So it was fun actually going against some type of competition and also the the European competition. You know, we played against a London team as well in Helsinki. But off the field, you know, Karlstad has the best – kebabs in all of Sweden. Best kebab city. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it is the best kebabs I've ever had in Europe was in Karlstad. Really? I'm not even kidding. Karlstad had the best kebabs Damn. I ever had in all of Europe. Shit. We need to try that. <laughs> yeah. Where are you guys located? Kijuansta. Okay. Oh yeah, and Skona, uh, they it's that, the the difference. I mean, not to get off the topic with football, the for me it's, it's about the the sauce of the kebab, you know, like yeah. because that they make, have this special sauce that they make and they just put it on there. You don't even have an option of saying, "Oh, I want tomatoes and all this different type of stuff." Tomato sauce. They give you that sauce, and that sauce is great. Either you can have it spicy or non-spicy. Oh shit! Yeah. Maybe our, no, our, our I, next road game, Andre. <laughs> okay, I know Malmo is known for their uh, falafel. Uh, I didn't know Kalsta were known for their kebab. I mean, they're not known for it. It just people just don't talk about it. You know, ah. all this amazing. It's no matter what hidden, place I go. Hidden to, treasure, huh? Hidden treasure. Nah, <laughs> I mean. I remember I went to Stockholm and Stockholm kebabs were the worst kebabs I ever had in my life. <laughs> wow. And have the worst kebabs. It, it blew my mind. So if you return to Kalsta, it's probably for that reason. It's, it's for that reason. For <laughs> every Saturday. Every Saturday, you know, you grab a you grab something to drink and you and you go get a kebab, you know. That, that was burning my money over there. <laughs> so for how many That's years awesome. did you play for Colstad? I only actually only did one season with Colstad. Then uh, after that, I went to Get the Body. Where? Get the Body. Marvels. How was yeah. playing in Get the Body? Yeah, I went to Get the Body in twenty. And after that, I went to Stockholm. Stockholm, you guys had a super team for like two seasons or one season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a good run in 2019. Didn't lose a game except for the ELF games. Uh, we clicked We clicked later, you know, uh, even better. There was like 
that championship game against Costa was actually really, really good too. It was very competitive. Because you you guys had every Swedish player that is highly talented. Yeah. That year. I mean, I like to think that Sweden had a lot of good talent, to be honest. Uh, a lot of good talent that some people just don't even know about. And some of them are afraid to put themselves out there. You know, I wish a lot more of the Scandinavian, you know, people would change their mentality to, to believe in themselves. And yeah, yeah, that's that's a deeply ingrained cultural thing, especially in Sweden, that we're kind of afraid to stand out don't want to stand out in a crowd just sort of do your job sort of a thing and don't don't annoy anyone yeah they too log on over there is that culture just being log on yeah that's why nobody talks trash here in sweden in games I ran into a few people who, <laughs> who, who you, know, you know, some of those call stat players, they can talk some trash, you know, or goof off. But you're running to a, a small few people, to be honest. So you're right. I get that too. Who's the biggest trash talker you ever faced in Sweden? Let's keep it. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that he talks so much trash, but I think he does to other people. But, uh, you know, Nicholas from Kostad, you know, He loves that too. A really funny guy. He's a lineman, six number sixty-six from uh, Costa Nicholas. Hmm. I think I know who he is. I think so. I don't think I do. Uh, I think Airbrew had a few players that talk some trash, and uh, you know uh, the guys in Oops. Nah, nah, I wouldn't say Oops a lot, but <laughs> but um. You know, Carlstad players, you know, herbal players, you know, those guys talk a bit of smack. And maybe I think Tiraso as well, but I haven't played against them. But I just know that those, I know Tiraso players talk trash. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see how well that team does in the Super Series this year. I mean, I'm not sure how much chemistry they have. You know, they're getting a lot of guys. They have chemistry for sure, but they sounded, you know, some good name guys. I don't know if these guys are going to want to. They might get into the egos and not come to practice as often, uh, thinking they, they have made it already. Uh, but this is what all the Tirso guys wanted. They wanted to go back to Tirso and become like that playoff team in the highest league. And I'm glad that they came back up because I was worried about, you know, Swedish football. Um So I'm glad that they're back up there. Yeah, th th there were quite a few Tulsa players for a few years spread out in all kinds of places over in Kolsta and Stockholm and other places as well. But it seems like almost all of those original Tulsa players are back with the Royal Crowns. Yeah. I know the guys that I played with in Stockholm, they said that if Tulsa ever comes back up, I'm going back. And, yeah. and that's what happened. You know, they they say I'm loyal to their crown, so they stay in there. And then after Yotobori, uh, wait, you went to Yotobori, then Stockholm for mm -hmm. one, two years. Mm -hmm. Then the ELF started. Yes. Did you get contacted by the Leipzig or how was that process? Yeah, so, you, you know, my original plan is to be in Helsingborg, kind of close to you guys. And, yeah. And, no yeah, exactly. So when they pushed back the season and I wasn't sure how things were going to work out, you know, Fred Armstrong, he coached in Stockholm for many, many, many years. And he re he contacted me when I was just, you know, taking a little vacation game in, in Spain. And he told me, like, hey, we got this spot for you. And it's not 100%, but it's kind of close to that. You know, we got this. This is the real deal. This league is actually happening. Because uh, you wasn't know what's going on. COVID, canceling leagues and things like that. And I was thankful that Coach Armstrong reached out to me. And that's the head coach for the Leipzig Kings. Exactly. 
is it as like demanding as football in Europe, like in Sweden? Like how many practices a week do you guys have? Uh, I can't speak on other organizations, but with uh, Leipzig, you know, we had it was early in the season. It was a bit more demanding uh, of practice and things like that because we had like the slow start, and you know our team was formed a lot later than other organizations. So we had a quite a fit, a lot more practice in the beginning. Uh, but you know I love the game, so I didn't mind practicing. And to be honest, you know it's quite equal to the amount of practices that you have as a college athlete in America. Whoa, so it's like four times a week. Yeah, I mean, when I can think about it, you know, practice in America, we practice, you know, like three and a half practices a week in a, with, a, with a walkthrough. So, like, when I was at Liberty, we practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was a walkthrough, Saturday was a game. Then thir- Sunday after the game, we had correction practice. So I, that's why I say like three and a half, because that one really didn't count. Then had Monday completely off. Uh, Leipzig, you know, we had, um, I think we had Monday of one one of those days off, depending on like when the game was. Because sometimes we had Saturday games, and sometimes we most of the games were on Sundays. Uh, we didn't have much difference, you know. I, times that week and preseason we practice about four or five times i believe if i'm not wrong so the elf is demanding like it's a full-time job yeah i mean for the most part you know for us i wouldn't say completely full-time you know because you know we didn't have too much you know film meetings and things like that uh but we did have those i wish we would have had a bit more um So, I mean, other other than that, you know, I just, you know, did my lifting, you know, went to the gym. We had some organized lift as well with uh, a partnership. And we also had access to go to the gym on our own as well. So, you know, you just did your part, showed up for practice. Uh, you know, you got a pretty – you got some time uh, for free time as well. So it's like in the middle between Europe and college. Yeah, I, I can say so. You know, college, you know, you also got school, so you got that workload. Then, you know, you have film as well that you have to do on your own, or you should do on your own. If you're a player like myself, I would do extra film, but you also have film with your coach. Uh, and you got to just know your, your job, you know, because if you don't do your job, these coaches get fired, and these coaches make a lot of money. So don't get your coach fired. In America. There's a lot, on, a lot on the line there. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, you had a really busy year. Why you say that? You played the ELF, mm-hmm. then you played for Helsingborg in Sweden, mm-hmm. then you played in Romania. Oh yeah. Aren't you sore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and I also played a game in in, in Spain as well. <laughs> so, I actually played a, a game in like a lot of different countries. You know. Like, So you played in four different leagues in one year. That, that's kind of impressive. Yeah. I think I might have set a record for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, nah, I mean, it wasn't, like, crazy tiring or anything like that, you know. But uh, but my body did feel it, and I knew that I needed to take a break. So after the Romanian season, I didn't work out as much. You know, I'd just been doing a lot of mobility, you know, just to make sure my body is good. Because I'm getting when, old, getting old. when did the Romanian season end? The Romanian season ended. Uh, the championship game was actually November 30, maybe no, 28th. The late November. Okay, so yeah. they have a they have a real fall league there. Yeah, I mean it's normally in the spring, but because of COVID, they pushed it back to that time. Oh, okay. But they might even do the same thing again next year because. It just might work out for them. But the games were every other week, which was good because you can relax a bit. Is it many teams in Romania or not Not a lot? Um, There was, a, there was enough for a league, you know. Uh, 
And, and I was surprised about how many players and they had on my team in Bucharest. They actually have, I think, three teams in Bucharest. Three teams in Bucharest. Uh, okay. I think and, I got the Wikipedia page up here. Four yeah. teams, even. The, the Rebels, the Titans. Oh, they're inactive teams. Okay. That doesn't um, count. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, I know the Romanian team that I play for, the Bucharest Rebels, I think they're going to play in Serbia next season because they want to challenge themselves because it was quite easy for them. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was fun being over there. It was a good – like the best thing about being is that you get a lot of great experiences. You get to be welcomed to a whole other country, a whole other culture, and get to enjoy that besides only playing football. And that's one thing that – no one can ever take back from you when you look back in your life. Yeah, I mean, I, you've probably seen more of Europe than most, most Europeans at this stage. <laughs> at this stage. Yeah, I mean, last year I traveled a lot. Honestly, I've been to ten different countries last year during COVID, which was, you know, cool to say. Yeah, usually nobody travels when COVID was big, and you yeah. travel ten countries. That's pretty good. Yeah. I had some bye weeks. I had some things to, to get done. Didn't you travel with the ALF also, like with Leipzig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We went to, you know, because there's only three countries in part of the ELF. Now they got five countries. But um, I was able to go to Poland, you know, then in Germany. Then the part of Germany that I was in was literally an hour and a half drive to Czech Republic. Ah. Yeah. But how was the football in Romania? I'm really interested in that. Uh, it, it was okay. I'm not going to say the competition was like, you know, crazy, crazy. But there's some passionate people and there's some, there, there's good people everywhere. There's good people everywhere. You know, I had the best players on my team. You know, we had some guys that were former athletes or something else and they were just crazy good just like in Sweden you know you get the hockey players transfer transfer over to football you're like man I ain't know you was that athletic you know playing that type of sport to this one so uh I mean the league the league was cool it was a bit easy for you know us come competition and the game speed is way more developed in the ELF than it is in Romania but that's why my team is going to uh, Serbia to play so they can challenge themselves even more. But they have some good players over there. Don't get me don't get me wrong on that. But it's not the highest level like no, no, it's not the highest level. It's not the highest level. Did you break a sweat? That's the question. <laughs> ah, I mean I had some humbling experiences too, you know, like in my first game there, I scored four touchdowns, but <laughs> <laughs> but and actually it was five because one of them got called back. I had a punt return. <laughs> I wish I could show you a video clip of this. This one. This one was, this one was crazy. I went back and forth like three times or four times across the field. Anyways, in that same game that I'm, you know, being a little cocky about, I get humbled because I dropped like two wide open passes. That if you'd have watched that game, like, nah, that's not that's not off of Jalo from the ELF. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, th th those are kind of embarrassing. I, I had one last year. I played tight end last year. I think it was against Boy. I was wide open at like the 10-yard line, a pretty deep pass. And I the ball goes straight into my hands and to the ground. Very yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that can be like that. But I, I give myself a small excuse. I haven't practiced in shoulder pads at all that week. And that was my first time putting on shoulder pads that game. So it was kind of weird reaching up, grabbing those, trying to snag some things. But then again, I was going <laughs> to catch it. So my excuse is kind of invalid. And you had four touchdowns. You should have yeah. been in on the bench. <laughs> the beer in your hand. Yeah, have one. <laughs> so after Romania, you went to Spain for a while. Uh, yeah, after Romania, I, I, will, I actually had to go back home. I wanted to go see my family. I haven't been home in over a year at that point. 
but I did go to Spain uh, this year. Uh, and I will be going back to Spain, you know, for a game and also for um, a camp that me and John Crawford from the Berlin Thunders is uh, hosting. Tell us more about that camp. Yeah, so this camp is uh, called the Ballers Retreat. We actually made our first post to Instagram about it. Uh, Should have done it a long time ago, but this camp in a nutshell, to not waste too much time, is it's an opportunity for all the best players in Europe to just come and meet together. It's not a development camp. So it's not like, hey, come get better in a way of like you're not really good and you need to get better. No, I'm participating. John Crawford's participating. J.J. Clark from Hamburg Sea Devil is going to participate. And we all going to work together, work out together, you know, record, film, and get better together. Then at night, we're going to have fun, and we're going to repeat it the next day. And, and the special surprise with that is we're going to do a YouTube documentary, like a Netflix Last Chance University type of deal with some people there. So everything is going to be, you know, sold as like a TV show. Uh, by video producers. So I'm excited for this, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal a phenomenal experience for everyone who participate and for people who watching what we're doing there. That, that all sounds really cool. Uh, when is this camp taking place? Thanks, uh, thanks for reminding me of that. That camp is going to take place through uh, April 10th for the weekend. Yeah, and it's open to anyone? Yes, it's open to anyone. So if you guys want to come down there, participate, uh, bring the podcast down there as well, you know, we go for it, you know. Um, it's open for everyone, open to anyone. Uh, I mean, Mel, Mel, of course, not to sound sexist, uh, but <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun, you know, and I can't wait to compete, you know. It's going to be some people I'm going to want to call out and – and I want to see the trash talk and I want to see all the, you know, dirtiness. And also it's like to add to it, it's also for, you know, some of these European people to see like what it's like to compete against this type of competition all the time. It's like, I want to go against the best. I see guys from other teams like Barcelona and Frankfurt that I never got a chance to play against. And some people was talking trash, like, nah, bro, see me at my camp. You know, you just told me, you can't go with me. And you know, you can't stay with me. So it's like, that's what this camp is about, but also have fun at the same time. We in Spain, let's go enjoy it as well. So it's in Spain, which city? It's going to be in Murcia, Spain, like right out, kind of in between Murcia and, and Alicante. Uh, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure most people are familiar with Alicante. That's going to be the airport that we all fly into. And it's an all-inclusive camp. So meals, food, I said meals and food, meals, living, uh, the events, all the stuff is going to be covered, uh, included into the price. So I just and, how much, and how much is this camp going to cost for the people uh, to participate? It's, it's, it's roughly uh, 300 euros. I mean, that's a set price. Uh, if something possible last minute, but uh, we feel good about the, you know, that price. And, and that's actually pretty cheap for all the stuff that you're going to get. I know in the future it's going to bump up a lot more, but since it's the first year, and we want to spark to keep this camp at a low cost. 300 doesn't sound like a lot because there's camps in Sweden who cost like two, 150. Yeah. Yeah, we want to keep it low cost, you know, to spark interest and have people come to it. Then the next year, you know, of course the price is going to go up because we sell in this camp, you know, pretty cheap. And But it's not about, you know, the money so much. It's about us enjoying life, you know, a little small vacation for some people, people can get better at the same time. It's like, you know, vacation to get better. And I believe a lot of scouts would make it there, like from the ALF. Yeah, at, at some point, I think, you know, to get to that point, or they just may watch it off of the, the YouTube documentary they post, like, dang, man, who's that? Who's that little kid over there from blah, blah, blah country? Like, let me get his name down, you know? And... Hopefully, it does something for some people. Is there a limited amount of spots at the camp? Uh, we, we haven't done that, but I've been thinking about, you know, maybe capping it off at 50. Because I don't know if I okay. want more than that to come there. Uh, but we just made the announcement, and we're going to put up the place to book it. Uh, I believe 
by Sunday. And, you know, we'll start seeing how, how it goes. And and a little surprise that we will do like a little small, even more discount for, you know, some other people in the beginning, you know, the first five or 10 people sign up, you know, they get, you know, a little bit off. So it'll be a little bit less uh, than 300 for some people. Uh, then it'll go back up. Sounds like a lot of fun and a great, great experience. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys can make it out to it. You know, now that we're talking now, I'm, I might make you guys come at this point. <laughs> I'm actually not vaccinated, so I don't think I'm allowed in Spain. I'm not vaccinated either, and I've been to Spain. But I, I, I have recovered from COVID, so I've been using that to travel around. But I think if you just take a, a test, you'll be able to enter Spain. Okay, then. That sounds better. <laughs> yeah. We have an invite to Spain this side. We do. Let's go. Any reason to zip school? <laughs> yeah. You don't need to go to school that weekend. You go to the project. So wait, are you still a part of the Cobras, the Spain, the Spanish team? Uh, yes. I have a partnership with them. Uh, that's the kind of the deal that I have with them. And... And I we'll, probably will continue that because, you know, I like the idea of the opportunity to uh, work with them and they helping me do, you know, business over there in the country. So that's a, you know, a friend in me. That's going to be a friend of me for football and business for some time. Yeah, because you're you're an ambassador for quite a few brands, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, at the moment, you know, Rare Athletics that you guys are uh, familiar with and one other one, uh, Elite Era, I'm going to be, uh, we're going to be bringing that brand over to Finland and to Europe uh, in the near future. Uh, then I picked up some sponsorships being down in Helsingborg. Yeah, I heard you were really good picking up sponsorships for that team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like, I like business, you know, and I like, you know, the opportunity of times, Italian sports and business together because that's really what it is in America. That's why, you know, they got those deals, of course, like they got the athletes to promote with marketing. So I like that aspect of, you know, life. Uh, are you a part of the real athletes in uh, what's called in Sweden? Yes. Why are your shop have the worst open times ever? And that's not my shop, you know, that's just, that's someone that I work with, you know. I mean, they're still growing and they're doing, I think, a pretty good job, you know, uh, right yeah, now. The prices are amazing. Yeah. It's fairly cheap, you know, and, you know, get a lot of people to order. You get some custom-made stuff. Uh, we got that done in Helsinki and, you know, they work with us and they're flexible. You know, I think that everyone in Sweden should be trying to support, you know, Swedish brands if they're good and they're trying to do positive stuff to get this stuff out there, it's free to support them. Well, unless if you buy their stuff, you know, and that's not free, but it's just free to, you know, help promoting with social media and et cetera. Yeah, definitely. I love that they are making the prices less expensive because gloves usually cost a lot here in Sweden. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's difficult because in Europe, you know, American football gear is not that big over here. So the prices go up when they got to get it shipped over here. And you yeah, know, yeah. So it's, it's, imagine that, you know, so many people will even want to try the sport because it's already costing you the same price of playing on like on some big soccer team that you want to grow up with because you got to pay for the gear as well. Yeah, it's it's a hard sell sometimes to make people come play football. Yeah, unless it's flagged. You know, if it's flagged, it's a lot different. But as far as, like, tackle football, helmet, shoulder pads, you know, there's already a lot of money, and you want to be swaggy too. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you a part of any flag football leagues? I mean, actually, that's going to be something that I will get going into the baller retreat brand that I'm going. We're going to get a, a flag uh, tournament going. In the near future, in the late near future, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Might be even in Helsinki or something like that. So we'll see. 
Are you going to be involved with the Jaguars at all this year? Uh, maybe from a media standpoint, but uh, not so much right now. My focus is, uh, you know, being uh, a father over here in uh, Finland and, you know, doing business outside of it. So as of now, you are not a player for his and boy Jaguars. That's correct. You guys worried about that? <laughs> no, I'm pretty glad. I don't have to tackle you, so I'm I'm glad. Uh, no, I I welcome the competition. I I thought it was really unfortunate that you weren't able to play the entire game last time. Oh my goodness! Did you guys get a chance to look at that clip? Uh, we actually talked about it on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> like he pushed you first. For that. I mean, the fact that I wasn't even trying to punch the guy. He was, he just kept blocking me after the whistle. And because that guy was a little bit not as athletic or just lost his balance, his head went down as I tried to turn around really quick and I hit him in the head, but it was by accident. The guy said that I, I swung and threw a push at him. Like these refs in Sweden, they tried to, they should have just gave me a warning. Uh, at least a warning, but they just so quick to show their power over there that, hey, he did this, we got to make an example out of this guy. No room for that. Get him out of here. Like, come on, bro. It's, it's, it's a game. You know what I mean? It's a game. Yeah. Game, you know? Yeah. You know? There's got to be a little room for interpretation there. You can't just say, oh, oh he swiped his arm a bit. Definitely a punch. Get him out of there. That's, I think that's a, a bit extreme. For their defense, you play for the Jaguars, and the Jaguars had the most flags ever, probably. They had more personal fouls on that team than yards for one point. Yeah, yeah because these, these refs don't know how to officiate games, and I think they have something just against – I mean, I mean, I may be a bit biased, but I think they have something against the Jaguars organization. I I, I... – I don't think you're completely wrong, but I also don't think they go into games thinking, oh, we're going to get these damn Jaguars. But there is some hatred against the Jaguars. Yes, there is. Yeah, but we, we've always said that in Kifansa, that oh, the, all the refs down here, down here, they don't like us. But then last season we were like, oh, okay, this seems to have been transferred onto Helsingborg more than us now. <laughs> Yeah. Like his and boys quarterback, the poor guy never gotten like helped by the reps, the the refs. Oh yeah. He got hit late. They didn't call anything. Exactly. And and if you say something to the ref, they make it seem like you're not allowed to speak to them. Like you're a referee, we're going to speak to you. Like nope, you're not allowed to talk to me. Don't talk to me. And they flag Greg and they flag, you know, the people I'm like he's allowed to speak to you. He's trying to keep his players safe. Can't say nothing to them. There are some questionable decisions sometimes. Yeah, I I got an unsportsmanlike thrown uh, against me after what was it that happened? My my brother who was playing in that game, he managed to get thrown out. I think for fighting, also a questionable situation. And I tried to go up and talk to the ref, and he wasn't having any discussion with me apparently. And I got an unsportsmanlike like for it. Discussing a decision. Yeah, and like I, I was a team captain too, so I was like, okay, I've got to at least some point defend my brother and teammate here and see what's going on. But two words in, I got a flag thrown at me. Yeah, we got to uh, these refs. They have to. They need, they need to watch more football because I see stuff like this. I, recently, I've seen the worst things that they claim that I did in the NFL happen or even college. They, they let slide the first time. But they – I mean, I just think the culture of the Scandinavia is that we got to make examples, and it's all about rules, 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 rules. Plus, Germany, they the same way about it. It's all about rules, 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 rules. Follow the rules. No, they are more trigger happy of throwing flags here, I think. Yeah. It's the only power that they get. <laughs> Is it that bad in Romania also or no? Uh, 
No, actually, they were pretty chill. They were pretty chill, Romania, to be honest. You were allowed two fights every game? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was like hockey? <laughs> well, one of my players, uh, teammates, he got he got ejected, but they um, looked and reviewed it, and it wasn't, you know, so it was pretty chill. Yeah, so if we try to get into some more fun, lighter territory here, we're going to transition into a few questions that we ask every guest we have on. Mm -hmm. There are three or four questions. They're pretty straightforward, I'd say. I hope you can answer these to the best of your ability. Let's go for it. Yeah, so the first one is what is your favorite football concept? So this can be basically anything. It can be a passing concept, a run, a blitz, a coverage, anything. Run the bitch. Uh, oh yeah. So what I like to, from the offensive perspective, I like to say I love, you know, pro offense with a play action and a beautiful route by a receiver. So I'm more of like the, what do you call, you know, watching like the Northern colleges, like uh, in, the, in the Big Ten offensive, you know, they got like a, a they Wisconsin type offense. Yeah, got maybe one or and, you know, faking the ball to the running back and the receiver just one-on-one, -on -one, getting the ball to him. Or the DB just eyes a loss in the backfield. Uh, play, 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 play action going deep for the receiver is what you're thinking. Yeah, I, I like that. Because, uh, I mean, back around with it is just, you know, it challenged the defense to stay disciplined and to stay honest. Because a lot of times, you know, you hold that ball there. Uh, and Jan did a good job in Cologne with these type of things. You know, that play action with, you know, two running backs or sniffer. You know, that concept always keeps people honest and check their discipline in Europe. Um, from a defense perspective, um, I like to see, like, you know, a great disguise and just playing, you know, a coverage or sending a blitz, anything like that, you know, defense. So like a fire zone nickel blitz cover three or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it can just either be something as basic as, you know, we're playing cover four, but we show a man or we show a cover three and we rotate back into our spots pre-snap or a lineman dropping off and, you know, two linebackers dropping in for the blitz and that DN is running to the flats. You know, I love that type of stuff on defense. Do like the disguises and misdirects on defense. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, so to wrap that up, I just like tricking people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now to the second question. What is your favorite football uniform? What color? What uniform? Which uniform? Which uniform that you've seen? Any level you can have played for the team or not? Ah, oh, man. Man, so many good ones, man. So many good ones. Um, right now, like, I used to hate the Browns uniforms, but I love it now. I love it. It's so simple, but I love it. Um. You've got it older, that's why. It's an old man color. Yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> you must be talking to Nassim. <laughs> no, sorry. Telling the old man. Now, but um uh, I, was, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Kentucky, but I, I like their uniforms as well and I love uh the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. I love North Carolina as well, you know, Jordan. That brand it, it looks it looks amazing. Okay, now to the weirder questions. Which position in football requires the least amount of skill? Hmm. DN? <laughs> uh, we did talk about DN earlier. Yeah, I would say DN or um, not three technique, but the, the nose guard, you know, defense. Yeah, the nose guard is probably the easiest position ever. Because you kind of got to have some strength and some weight. But you, if you're good, you just – because you plug in the hole, you know. 
That's really it. In, in my opinion, I haven't played that position, but that's what I see. I grew up playing nose tackle. Yes, you don't have to do anything. Okay. If you're big enough, you can cover both gaps. <laughs> Now, now to the other question. Try not to be biased, please. <laughs> What position requires the most amount of skill? Hmm. I mean, I, I kind of... This, this is a hard one, honestly. You know, right now, I'm transitioning to playing quarterback because that's how I want to end my career. Um, quarterback yeah oh yeah. qb yeah. yeah so like re recently i've been discovering you know it's, i haven't done it since i was in high school because i was just running the ball but recently you know it, it's a bit challenging because you gotta make sure your receivers are on point and everything else is going well but if you just take away from it you have to know so much you know I think defensive back can be that position as well. So it's somewhere between playing quarterback and DB that requires like the most skill. We are actually on the same page as you with that decision. Yeah, I, I, I've often said I think it's a very unique skill to be able to play corner on defense. The amount of skill required both technically and you have to be a tremendous athlete to be able to keep up with receivers running their routes. You don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you're running backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the hard part, you know, because if I was breaking down back again, like at quarterback, they try to make you learn so much. You got to know the old line and all this different type of things. Like why do I need to know about what they're doing so much? But if you have a good army, you just understand where to place the ball. You know what I mean? It's not so much you all the time. It's you a little bit, but it's about your receivers being good, you know, going through your reads as well. And that's not too challenging once you break it down. But playing DB and O-line, that's the only position that requires you to challenge your technique and move them backwards at the same time. So, and you got these crazy... And the game now is, is making it so much harder for DBs. So that position requires a lot of skill set. You can barely sneeze on a receiver anymore. <laughs> True. Which receiver gave you the most trouble, like in every in any country? Besides the U.S., let's keep it in Europe. Um, what receiver gave me the most trouble? Um... And you got actually, I mean, I wouldn't say gave me so much trouble, but I can name you know a few. I think you you remember Jonathan Gill? He played down in. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, I I played with him growing up since U thirteen even. <laughs> What was weird about him? He played in Erbro my first year, and when I was in Sweden, and I haven't seen that type of speed attack me like in a long time like the way he his speed closing on me so fast I was like whoa 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 like luckily the quarterback threw a, a bad pass and I was able to like make up for it but he got over my toes really quick um then in the ELF this past season there was a guy named uh Jacob M number 23 from uh World Club Panthers you know he gave a bit of challenge as well but other than that I can't really think of any moments unless I'm wrong at the moment that receiver gave me a lot of trouble uh, in Europe. That's pretty cool that you br brought up one of my former teammates. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I lied. You know, um, they call him Stretch. Sean Tavis Jones from uh, Berlin. You know, he, he got me. But I still won my rematch against him. Uh, because I was telling John, he got me. I was cramping up in that game. I couldn't run. I couldn't. I, couldn't, I was in the game because, you know, our other cornerbacks couldn't play. And that was it. My, my body was cramping. I couldn't run. He caught me at that moment. We uh, go to the beach. It's a different story. Camp. 
Huh? Maybe he can show up to your camp, then you can do redo your one on one. Yeah, I would love settle to, things. <laughs> he recently signed to the CFL, so oh, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a bit difficult, man. Yeah. Well, we we'd like to thank you a lot for joining us today, Alpha. Yeah, no problem at all. It was good having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was good speaking to you guys. It's always great to talk about football, you know, and I talk a little bit too much, but it's good to talk about football. And with that, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify or Anchor. Bye-bye.